on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 12th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy, who is basking in the glow of his Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA championship last night. So congrats to you on that, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, look, I, I get a lot of a lot of shtick for being a Lakers fan living in Columbus, Ohio, and I get it, um, but... I will say that it's 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 been ten years, which I know for a lot of people in Ohio doesn't doesn't mean much. Uh, but also that, that that this one's for Kobe Bryant, who's a guy that I've on the court always admired, and obviously everything that that happened uh, with him this past year, uh, his family. Uh, I think this is this is just a big one for for anyone who's ever supported the Lakers. Uh, it, it just meant a little more this year, so. Uh, well, let, let's talk some Buckeyes, but uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I had to bring that up. Um, yeah, congratulations to your Lakers and LeBron. Um, and uh, it was fitting that the year that Kobe passed away that the uh, Lakers were able to win the title. All right, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun on today's show. We're only 12 days away from Buckeye football. Feels so good to say that. That's yeah. awesome. Let's, I mean, like, just, just real quick, 12 days. Like, I think the last time I was on with you, we, like, it had just been – you know, announced that, that they were coming back. And the time before that, we didn't know that there was going to be football. So, you know, it's, it's just, I, I, I can't get enough of the fact that we're going to have Ohio state football here in, in 12 days now. Like, yes, like this is happening. The 12 days of Buckeye football. Yes, <laughs> I know. I it's, it's going to be here before we know it. And it's fantastic. And there's not a lot of position battles that I find that intriguing. I mean, usually there's more position battles, even 12 days away from the start of the season than there are this year. But we're going to take a look at some of the position battles, some starting, some backup. Let's start with starting running back. Now, it might not matter because they might do running back by committee. I tend to think it matters. Um, who's going to be the starting running back for the Buckeyes, Patrick? Well, I I think that, and we talked to to Tony Alfred last week, and he, he seemed very content with both Master Teague and Trey Sermon. Um, I think that Trey Sermon, in my mind, is is the most talented guy on this roster uh, based on what he was able to do at Oklahoma, um, the fact that he can carry the ball, catch the ball, pass block. You know, we've heard from the coaching staff that, that he can do a little bit of everything. It, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of um, what, what they said about JK Dobbins going into last year. Now, I don't think he'll do what JK Dobbins did. He's obviously a very different player, but he, he, to me seems to be the guy that, that is the most talented of these running backs. And I don't want to take anything away from master Teague, who I think will be heavily involved assuming health and whatnot. Um, and I, and I do think this is going to be a committee, but, 
Uh, you know, I, I thought when they got Trey Sermon, a guy who they recruited out of high school pretty heavily and uh, missed out on, he obviously went to Oklahoma. Ohio State fans saw him in person here as a freshman at Ohio Stadium when, when Oklahoma came in here. I thought that was a big get for Ohio State was, was to land this guy who obviously has plenty of experience. So I believe that, that Trey Sermon is going to be the starter in, in whatever capacity that is. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's good news for, for the Buckeyes. We, we saw Master Teague last year, um, and I think he's going to be a good player, but I think there's still some development left for Master Teague, and, and Trey Sermon allows them to – allows Master Teague to, to have that time and, and kind of roll into that role. It's interesting. I um, agree with a lot of what you said right there. I do think when they take the first snap of the season, I think it's going to be Master Teague out there uh, okay. as the starting running back. But I think Trey Sermon's going to be the most effective overall running back when you consider – things that you mentioned, like his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and maybe Master will be better than I think he will be at that. Um, but I do think Sermon's going to be the most productive running back when we look back on it. But to start the season, I do think they're going to have Master T go out there with the first-team offense. We'll see. I tend to think um, you know, those guys are going to split carries to a degree, but you want one guy to step up, and I think eventually that will be Trey Sermon. But to start the season, it'll be Master Teague. All right, backup quarterback. I'll go first on this one. I think it's going to be true freshman C.J. Stroud, um, fifth-year senior Gunner Hoax. You know, maybe if I'm sure they're going to get him some playing time this year, but if something would happen like to Justin Fields, God forbid, I think they would roll with C.J. Stroud as the backup quarterback and then the starting quarterback. What do you think would happen if, uh, unfortunately, something happened to Justin Fields? I agree on that. I think that if it comes down to needing a guy to step in you know, for, for a few plays or something, you know, like we saw last year when, when Justin had to go out in the Michigan game, for instance, I think Gunnar Hoke would be that guy. But I think if they need somebody to really step in, I think they go to, to CJ Stroud. Um, now I don't want to dis, and we've talked about this before. I don't want to discount Jack Miller. I think, you know, the, that kid with, if he can be healthy, I think he is very talented and has a, has a say in this, you know, quarterback debate here going forward. And I, and I do think that these two guys are battling for what comes next. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the job is going to be open after this year. Let's, let's not uh, pretend like that this isn't a competition here for, for the, the next starting quarterback for Ohio state. Uh, you know, it's, it's similar to when we had Dwayne Haskins and, and Joe Burrow, you know, sitting behind JT Barrett, one of them was going to win that job type of thing. So uh, I do think it's going to be CJ Stroud, but I think Jack Miller is, uh, is not out of the conversation by any stretch of the imagination. This next one, I don't think it's much of a battle, but some of the listeners might not, you know, be privy to this uh, right tackle who will be the starting right tackle, Patrick. Yeah. I think you and I will, will both agree on this one. Nicholas Petit Ferrer, uh, is is the guy i think um now they have not as you know as evidenced by us discussing this they have not declared a starter there but if you talk to any of the offensive players coaches so far this fall camp they've all referenced him as the guy and 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 there's been talk about the conversation there with with dewan jones um ryan day brought him up recently but he also said that you know, he can play multiple positions on the offensive line. And uh, obviously true freshman Paris, uh, Paris Johnson is, is in the conversation as well. 
but uh, yeah, it sounds like that, that this is going to be Nick's job. Um, and, you know, I think after a couple of years of, of sort of figuring out how to be a, a college offensive lineman, he had to get his weight in check and, and, and all that thing. And I mean that in, he had to put on weight, not, not uh, what, what most of us deal with in, in uh, keeping weight down. Uh, he had to put on weight to, to be big enough to be an offensive lineman. I think uh, he's he's ready to be the guy at, at right tackle for Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we talked to guys like Kevin Wilson. I can't remember if Stud said the same thing, but Kevin Wilson basically said everything except for he's definitely our starting right tackle. I mean, it's uh, it looks like it's Nicholas petit Frere's job, but uh, great depth there, as you mentioned, with Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson. Um, but it's going to be petit Frere's job as the starting right tackle. All right, next one backup Z receiver and backup X receiver, the Z receiver. That's, you know, the starting Z receiver is Chris Olave. Um, and I'm hearing the starting X receiver is going to be Jamison Williams. So who's going to be the backups to those two guys. I'll go with a pair of true freshmen. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba as the backup to Chris Olave at the Z. And I'm going to go with G Scott jr. As the backup to Jamison Williams at the X. What do you think about the Z receiver and the X receiver, the backups there, Patrick? Yeah, I can't argue. Those are, uh, those are two very talented freshmen who they are very excited about. Um, and everything I understand is that those guys have, have done well in camp and, and earned the right to be um, there, you know, in, in terms of, of that role. I, you know, I, I think when it comes to wide receiver, it's not going to matter a ton who starts a game and, you know, who's, who's on the field second. I think they're going to rotate a lot. You know, Brian Hartline talked to us about, the depth and obviously they've done this in the past, but you know, he's made it very clear, especially this year, they don't know what's going to happen. You know, the, the pandemic and injuries with, without a real fall camp and all this stuff. So they're ready to play a lot of receivers. Um, one guy I do want to bring up and, and I don't know exactly where he factors in on, in terms of the depth chart, but Cameron Babb um, healthy for the first time, you know, a kid that they were very excited to, uh, to get out of St. Louis. And uh, you know, he, back-to-back knee injuries uh these last two years um you know his his mom was heavily involved in the the fight for a season um partially because uh well not not necessarily but her son is healthy and uh she knows this can be a big year i've talked to her a lot and she's excited for him i think he's a guy who who could be a surprise for this team um you know a guy that just kind of has gone under the radar because he has been hurt so i think he could factor in there if he proves healthy and able to stay healthy um at, at one of those positions yeah amanda babb she is the head of the uh, president's or the president's association the parents association they do a yeah. great job over there with the parents association that was started way back in the day by nick mangold's father Vern mangold started that and uh it's been one great parent after another I remember jay richardson's mom was the second one to head that group up and it's just been um just an outstanding it's so good if you're like a you know an out-of-state kid and you don't have family in town you basically do have family not just your teammates and everything but you've got like other moms on the team and dads that basically take you in as their own it's really yeah. cool what they've done over there um and julian fleming for those that are wondering julian fleming is going to play this year he's going to be right in there he'll, he'll play this year too i just think you know when you talk to the guys over there they really like julian fleming they just feel like um as far as who's being the most game ready right now as a true freshman, not who's going to be the best player two years from now. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba came in ready to roll. So did G Scott Jr. And uh, they like Julian Fleming a lot too. So no one's forgetting about the number one ranked wide receiver 
recruit in the nation from that well, class. I think it's I think it's good to point out you bring out we bring up Julian Fleming. He came from a, a wing T offense in high school, so you know this is a this is a transition. You know, despite being a, the number one receiver, you know, five star kid, you know, you, you have to adjust to playing in a a spread offense um, and and learning everything that comes with that. So that takes a second. Um, but yeah, at, like you said, very talented. He will be involved down the road. But you're right. The, these other, I mean, when you bring in a wide receiver class like this, like you can't do wrong. I mean, we haven't even talked about Mookie Cooper, and he was the 16th best wide receiver in the country according to the composite. So this that just shows you where the class is with with that group. Yeah, and Mookie could be the backup um, to Garrett Wilson in the slot. I tend to yeah. think they're, they're going to move guys around, and Garrett Wilson's going to play slot, play outside. He's going to move all around, and. Um, but Mookie could be in there as a little bit of a, of a slot receiver. Demario McCall, they've got the, even a Jackson Smith can go in there and play some slot. Um, there's a lot of different things that they can do. Uh, Garrett Wilson's going to have a huge year, and Chris Olave is going to have a huge year. And those other guys are, um, they just you know, they have a, they just have such great depth there. But the numbers for Olave and Garrett Wilson are going to be through the roof this year with the great offensive line they have and someone named Justin Fields throwing them the football. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Three tech defensive tackles. So the nose guard is going to be Tommy Togi. We know that. Who's going to be the starting three tech defensive tackle, Patrick? That's a good question. Um, they obviously have some issues at that spot. Haskell Garrett, we know, was was had that unfortunate uh, issue where he was shot in the face. Uh, and, you know, I mean, w- what a crazy situation uh, that is. Um you know, they're going to use a few different guys. I think Teron Vincent also dealing with some things. Um, Antoine Jackson, I know you are going to write about him. Uh, I think it's that that's one of the more interesting positions for me um, as, as we get into these final two weeks of, of fall camp or, or the last week of fall camp, really before they get into uh, regular season practice heading into the Nebraska game. That's, that's, that's one I am unsure on uh, in terms of who takes that first snap. I'm curious to see who you think uh, is, is the guy uh, because, because given these injuries, given, you know, kind of a, a position that's, that's been up for rotation in the past. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think they have options. You know, I think, you wrote about it last week that, uh, you know, there are, there are guys there despite the injuries, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a question mark in my book. That's the, one of the biggest question marks, I guess, for me, for this team. Yeah. Perhaps the biggest, because I mean, um, I thought it was going to be somewhere in the secondary and we'll get to that in a little bit, but, yeah. uh, I think this is the biggest question mark on the team right now is three tech defensive tackle, the depth there. I do think Antoine Jackson is going to be the starter as a fifth year senior. Um, now, they're saying great things about him. Like you mentioned, I'm doing a story on him. And Larry Johnson, defensive line coach Larry Johnson is a straight shooter. He's not going to talk up a kid over and over again unless he really believes in him. So perhaps as a fifth-year senior, the light uh, will come on for Antoine Jackson. He played okay last year as a fourth-year junior. Didn't play a lot, but they had a ton of depth at D-tackle last year, which is ironic that this year, <laughs> not so much. Um, and we'll see. Maybe later in the year they'll be okay if they get Haskell Garrett back and they get Teron Vincent back. But they're not going to start the season with those guys. So I'm going to go with Antoine Jackson as the starting three tech. All right. Starting corner opposite Sean Wade. So basically seven banks for Cam Brown, who are both going to play a lot anyway. But for the sake of the show, we'll say who's going to be the starting corner opposite Sean Wade. I'll go with seven banks. Well, Cam Brown's going to be out there a ton, too. I like both of them. 
but I'm hearing Seven Banks could be a star this year. Like he could be one of those guys that's like, oh, he went from backup to definitely going to play in the NFL. That's Seven Banks from what I'm hearing. So I will go with Mr. Seven Banks. What do you think, Patrick? I'm in agreement again. Uh, everything I've heard is that Seven Banks is having a, a heck of a camp, you know, and, and did all the right things this offseason. I think you've seen it with with the way Ohio State's social media has promoted him. Um, they've been doing those mic'd up things, which I think are really interesting just to kind of get a little bit of an insight, especially in a year when we're not even around the team at all. Um Given, given everything going on, I think it just it just gives some some fun insight to the to the team. You also get to see kind of these kids' personalities when they're not in interviews, which I think is when they kind of shine. Seven Banks was was one of the guys that they've used in there. I don't think you put a guy like that. Uh, you know, you're not you're not using a backup for for one of your social media promotions, um, and I think that was very telling that he was one of the guys used for for one of those mic'd up things. And I recommend going back and watching that if you haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, my understanding is, is that's the next guy, uh, the next, you know, what they think is the star cornerback at Ohio state. He'll line up opposite uh, Sean Wade, be that other, you know, the, what, what the role that Damon Arnett took last year and uh, you know, be that other outside corner for Ohio state. I do think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many, how many cornerbacks they use this year. Um, what, what it looks like, whether they play, you know, two high, two safeties or a single high safety, whatnot will, will impact that. But yeah, seven banks is the guy in my mind. All right. Last one, the number one safety, I was just going to put safety period, but I, I tend to think they might have two starting safeties this year. I know Jeff Halfley just went with the one starting safety, the one high safety with Jordan Fuller. Kerry Combs has never used that. So they might have two starting safeties, but for the sake of the show, let's say they just go with the one high safety. So we're going to say, or, you know, for the sake of the show, we'll say who's going to be the best safety, the number one safety on the team. You have the floor, Patrick. Who's going to be the number one safety on this squad? I think it'll be Josh Proctor, but I think that both him and Marcus Hooker are going to play, whether that's rotating in that one high safety or, or if they used to. I tend to agree with you. I think that, that there's a good chance that they use two guys in that position. Um, I think that you've seen Josh Proctor kind of be the, the heir apparent for a while. Um, he played a little bit and, and his role increased as the season went on behind Jordan Fuller, um, who, you know, was, was a three-year starter and, and a captain and you know, great for this team. Um, and, you know, you, you saw Proctor towards the end of that year kind of step in. Now, Marcus Hookers had a good off season by, by all accounts. Proctor was hurt a little bit. In, in the limited spring. So Marcus Hooker got his shot and from everything I understand took full advantage. Um, so that could play a part in, in them using two safeties this year. Also, as you mentioned, Kerry Combs, that's kind of his MO, but uh, yeah, I think if, if I'm picking one of those two guys that I think will be, you know, what, what, the starter, the, the guy I'm going to go with, with hard hitting Josh Proctor as a, Wisconsin quarterbacks may may remember. <laughs> yeah, Jack Cohn still feeling that hit. Um, uh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Marcus Hooker. I think All he'll right. be the the best safety on the team this year. But it's really close. I do think both those guys are gonna play a lot. And yeah, if they go with two safeties uh, to start the game out, uh, they're both gonna be out there. But I'll go with uh, Marcus Hooker. I like the way he came out at the end of last year, and I like some of the things I've heard about uh, 
just how consistent he is in practice. You don't hear that as much about Josh Proctor that, in fact, you hear he needs to be more consistent. I do think Proctor is the more talented of the two, which is interesting because Marcus Hooker is the brother of a first-round NFL draft pick, but we know he's not Malik. He doesn't have the same body as Malik, but uh, I think Proctor is the more talented. I will go with Marcus Hooker will be the number one safety. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. This is a lot of fun on today's show. If you like the show, give us a five-star review or subscribe. It really helps. Thanks again to Patrick, and thanks again to all of the listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Have a great day, Bucknutters. hero arrives i am ready is there anyone stronger no tougher no funnier i do not make jokes i make warriors knuckles now streaming only on paramount plus yes